A solid team win over the defending champs. Are the St. Louis Cardinals finally turning the corner, or are they setting us up for another letdown? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also available on YouTube, like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when the new episode's posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is being brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So today's show, we've got... More reactions to the Ken Rosenthal story suggesting that the Cardinals should think about trading Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. We've got some positive injury news on uh, Jack Flaherty and Tyler O'Neill, finally. But I want to start with what we saw last night in the Cardinals' 4-2 win over the Astros and their ace, Framber Valdez. Now, we know how bad the Cardinals have been this season. They've underperformed injuries, bad pitching, inconsistent hitting, bad defense, Bad base running, you know, all of this has led to where the Cardinals are, which is 12 games under 500. They're last in the division, eight games back of first place Cincinnati, who is now flip flop with the Brewers once again at the top of the division. But it's it's games like last night where you catch a glimpse, right? You catch a glimpse of what this team was supposed to be like all season. And it makes you wonder if they still have enough juice to get them back into this NL Central race. You know, is is something like you saw last night, is that the kind of team we're going to see moving forward? Because if so, great. Last night was an enjoyable baseball game. Sure, it's more fun when the team is winning, always is, but it was solid all around for the team. You know, um, outside of the, the 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 Brendan Donovan error in the first inning, not a whole lot to complain about when it, when you come to talking about last night's performance on the field. As a collective, we've all had discussions with each other and other fans, and I'm sure you've listened to talk radio shows and read articles about what the Cardinals should do to get this get this thing fixed. You know, trading guys, demoting guys, calling up guys, any sort of way to shake up the roster to try to figure out a way to, to, to get everybody going, to find the right pieces that click, and then finally the, the, the team would take off. And I still believe that something has to be done with the pitching staff if they want to have a shot at making a playoff push at all. So s- something's going to have to give, right? You're going to have to bring in some new names. But what we saw last night was what the Cardinals could and should be with the guys that they have. Jordan Montgomery is a very good pitcher. And he was a key to the winning that went on last night. Had an outstanding game. He threw six and two-thirds innings. Almost got through seven before he ran out of gas. Got dinged on that Maldonado home run, which was just the second home run 
that he's given up in the month of June. And the first run in the first was unearned because the runner reached because of the Donovan error. It happens. Nobody's perfect. But that was it. That was it. You know, Montgomery dominated the rest of the way. Yes, the Astros were without their best hitter, Jordan Alvarez. They were without Jose Altuve, who is back in the lineup tonight. But you still have to get through Bregman and Tucker and Pena and Abreu. It's not like this is some scrub lineup that Houston's throwing out there. And Monty was excellent. At one point, he retired 13 to 14 batters before things got rough in that seventh inning. And after a tough May where he went winless and had an ERA over six, Montgomery finishes off the month of June going 3-1, and one, ERA 1.70. And we know he started the year really, really well. So we know he's got it inside of him to be a really good pitcher. Is he an ace? No, he's not an ace, but he's darn good. Uh, a solid number two, definitely a solid number three in a top rotation. And credit to the bullpen last night, too. When Monty exits... The bullpen answers the bell. Gallegos, every time he goes out there, I'm going to be nervous. I, I don't care. I don't care if he rattles off like 20 scoreless innings in a row. I'm always going to be nervous when Gallegos takes the mound. It's just the way I feel about it because you just never know when things are going to blow up, right? But he gets out of the bases loaded two-out jam. Line drive to left field, gets him out of it, and goes through the eighth inning without allowing a run, gives up a two-out hit, which then you're like, again, you're like, oh, gosh, here we go. But gets through it just fine. And then Hicks comes in. Jordan Hicks shuts it down in the ninth to get his fifth save in his last 10 games. And with Helsley still shut down from throwing altogether, Hicks has been huge, huge for this team. And then you go to the offensive side of things, and it wasn't anything major last night, but you get contributions from a number of different guys uh, against a really tough pitcher in Framber Valdez, who came into the game last night with the second best ERA among starters in all of baseball. Paul DeYoung stands out in this one, obviously 12th dinger of the year in the third inning to get the, get the boys on the board. He gets that sack fly in the fourth to tie the game does the little thing. You know, he doesn't strike out in that situation, which was huge because we're all waiting for it, right? Base is loaded. Here comes the strikeout. No sack fly and almost knocked it out. But gets the sack fly, ties that game up. Nolan Arenado has a couple of opposite field hits, including the RBI double to give the Cardinals the lead in the fifth. He ends up scoring on a wild pitch. Jordan Walker extends his hitting streaks to 16 on an infield single. Uh, that 16-game hitting streak by Walker, longest by any Cardinal this season. And he's now got at least one hit in 34 of the first 40 games of his career, hitting 303 on the season. Oddly, he is not in the lineup tonight. Get, is get, I don't know why yet, but they're going with a lot of left-handers. I know tonight's starter, Christian Javier, is pretty good against righties, so maybe that's just part of it. Uh, Alec Burleson's in the lineup tonight. Uh, Dylan Carlson had a couple of hits last night. Wilson Contreras hits his 16th double of the season, second on the club behind Goldie. Now the offense did go dead. <laughs> Went dead silent after the fifth inning, but they took advantage of some Astros mistakes like that Aaron throw from the outfield and a, a couple of wild pitches by Valdez, and, and they made them count. They made them hurt. They took advantage of those situations, and that's what good teams do. It's what other teams have been doing to the Cardinals all year. If they make one mistake, it ends up killing the team, right? Last night, they flipped the script, did it to the Astros. And I'm not saying that this team is fixed by any means, because it's not. The shutout loss to the Nationals, that first game in London where they just got torched by the Cubs, those were awful, awful games. But the team has been better since getting swept by the Giants and giving up that 
eight to five lead and blowing that one and losing an extra inning. So at this point, we're just looking for progress, right? Nobody's expecting them to rattle off 15 wins in a row or anything like that, but you're looking for progress. You're looking for them to win two out of every three. That's how you're going to get back into this thing. And signs that they are getting better kind of showed up last night and have shown up in a couple of recent games. And last night, I believe we saw that with how they were able to come back and win despite falling behind two to nothing. Now, can they keep it going? Consistency has been the problem all year for this team. You get a solid game like last night, and then you follow it up with the next game, and you come out and you lay an egg. And it's been a vicious circle that this team has, has gone through all season long. The Astros are not playing great baseball right now. Three and eight in their last 11. So you got to have that kick them while they're down attitude. You got to have that mentality going into tonight's game, which features Miles Michaelis against Christian Javier, who I mentioned. Javier is a very good pitcher, seven and one on the year. He hasn't lost since April. <laughs> he's very, very good. But his last time out, the Mets knocked him around a bit. And in June, he's been a lot more hittable than he was earlier in the season. Michaelis had a strong outing his last time out, but they lost three to nothing. Shutout loss against Washington. An ugly game. Didn't look like any of them wanted to be there except for Michaelis. He deserved a better fate, but before that, he got knocked around in his previous two outings and has lost all four of his last four starts. So you're hoping that Miles is more like the pitcher we saw in May when he was really, really good. 3-0, and ERA 1.86. That's what you're hoping for tonight, and you're hoping you see a consistent offensive lineup like you like you saw last night where everybody contributes and uh that's that's how they're going to win ball games that that's what they got to do michaelis has got to keep the ball in the ballpark and they got to not make mistakes and have consistent at bats at the plate it, it sounds simple enough right so we'll see if they can pull it off first pitch tonight 6:45 st louis time now cardinal nation was fired up yesterday <laughs> ooh Really fired up yesterday after the Ken Rosenthal article broke about the Cardinals possibly trading Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. And I got more fan reactions to that idea coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Cardinals are back in town, obviously, tonight against the Astros. They'll play them again tomorrow. And then you got the Yankees coming to town this weekend. That's certainly going to be a hot ticket. Everybody likes watching the Yankees play. Yankees-Cardinals. A lot of history there. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your sporting events, not just Cardinals baseball, but we're talking blues. Hey, draft night tonight in the NHL. That's why I'm rocking my St. Louis Cardinals uh, uh, hockey sweater here tonight. Uh, music, comedy, theater, any of that stuff that you're interested in, game time's got the hookup with great deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited about the fun you're going to have at whatever event you choose to go to. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the events. They do the flash deals on tickets for all of your favorite events. Like I mentioned, all sports, concerts, comedy, and more. And they've got that Game Time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time credits you 110% of the difference. Tickets get sent directly to your phone, so get the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
The Cardinals are back home tonight to face the defending world champion Astros. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Fan interaction is always key to this show. So please, as always, respond, comment with suggestions and whatever you want to say on our YouTube channel and on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Cardinals Nation kind of torn <laughs> after um, what I put out on Friday and what you read yesterday with that Ken Rosenthal story at The Athletic suggesting the Cardinals should maybe entertain the idea of trading superstars Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. All right. And again, I, I'm not advocating. Again, I'm not advocating that they should do that. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I don't think they'll go down that path. It's just a discussion that had popped up kind of sporadically a couple of weeks ago. And I just was curious what fan reaction would, would be to the idea of trading somebody like Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado, which is why I did the episode on Friday. I'm not saying if I was the GM, that's what I'd be doing. I'd trade both of them and this guy and this guy and blow this. That's not what I'm saying I, at all. I don't think they should do that. I think this team... Just needs to be consistent and figure out a, a way to win with the guys that they have and improve that pitching staff. But when Rosenthal put it out there yesterday, uh, you know, it just hit a different level of attention. And as bad as this season has been, John Mosellock has repeatedly said that the plan is we don't want to sell at the deadline. We're not trying to rebuild. We're not blowing this roster up. He has said that on three different occasions, that that's his idea right now. But it's something that's been brought up by a number of different baseball writers as a possible path to get this franchise back on track if they continue where they are, which is at the bottom of the National League. Now, some people agree with this idea. A lot of people do not. Now, ShadowPerson779, he wrote to me on uh, YouTube, we really should trade both of them and get a haul of pitching prospects for them. Then move Baker to first, Walker to third, and let the kids get some experience. I don't know how much they trust Luke and Baker. They didn't really give him much of an opportunity when he was up on the team a few for, what, two weeks? Got a couple of starts, and then they just banished him to the bench. So I don't know how much they actually trust what Baker's doing at AAA. Um, Walker... Right now, they're working on him as an outfielder behind the scenes for the most part. They like him as a DH. Clearly, his bat, it's ready to go at the major league level. But um, if you are trading those two guys, obviously, pitching is what you're going for. And any other pieces people want to throw in there. Uh, Andrew Barker says, who knew the Cardinals and the Blues would mirror one another? I'm all for trading both. Get top prospects for both. Arenado is obviously displeased and regrets not opting out. Build around Gorman, Walker, and Donovan. Um, as I mentioned, NHL draft tonight, Blues have three first-round picks after they traded away three really big names from their roster this past year. They traded away their captain, Ryan O'Reilly, a longtime superstar, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Ivan Barbashev, who ended up going to Vegas and winning a cup with Alex Pietrangelo, the former captain of the St. Louis Blues. These are not easy decisions to make for sure because fans love these guys. Uh, the coaches love them. They're pillars uh, in the franchise and on the team but they had to do what was in the best interest for the team moving forward. They, they weren't in contention to win a cup this year. So they got what they could get for them, which was uh, three first round picks, 
which is pretty darn good. Now, the difference is all three of them are set to be free agents. Okay, when you're comparing what the Blues did to what the Cardinals have, all three of those guys, those big names, were going to be free agents this year. Goldie and Nolan are not. <laughs> They're both under contract, and it would really be blowing up things, like just blowing up the franchise if you traded both of them. If you traded one of them, it's still kind of saying, yeah, we're kind of blowing this up. And I just don't see... I just don't see the franchise doing it. It's a fun discussion, but I don't see them doing that. Uh, Christopher Smith says, I've personally never seen a Cardinals liquidation and rebuild. If there ever was one, why are we discussing the cornerstones of this team being traded for a starting pitcher? It would be a jaw dropper if it happened. And everyone knows it likely to never happen, but I keep seeing the headline. Just stop, please. These two guys are now the heart and soul of the Cardinals. Names like Gorman, Carlson, and Flaherty are the ones most likely on the trade block, not Hall of Fame-bound Arenado and not one of the best first basemen in the game today. And I would agree with this statement. I really would. Flaherty, Montgomery, and Hicks are all set to become free agents, which is why they could be moved. Those are the names people are talking about because of that situation. They're they're like Ryan O'Reilly and Barbashev and Tarasenko. They're going to be free agents, and you might not get anything for them. Um, Paul DeYoung. As well, he's got a, a club option for next season at $12.5 million, and then another one after that at $15 million. I think I misspoke yesterday and said he had a player option. That's not true. He's got There's club options. Uh, DeYoung's not in charge of whether or not he comes back to the Cardinals or not. Are the Cardinals going to pick up those options, Twelve and a half, and then $15 million? That's highly unlikely, especially when you got Mason Wynn, your top prospect, looking like he's on the way next season. Plus, you've got Edmund, Donovan, and Gorman all in your middle infield. Could Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Luke and Baker, Moises Gomez, Alec Burleson, could they fetch anything to help the pitching staff? Trade value for Carlson, O'Neill, and Burleson have diminished, haven't they? I mean, Carlson and O'Neill have dealt with injuries this year. Baker, like I mentioned, never got that shot when he was called up, so we don't even know if he can do it at the major league level. Gomez, still an intriguing power threat with Memphis, but I'm not sure what he will get you in return. And then Burleson in the starting lineup tonight, but has hardly seen the field. He, he has not looked good in the outfield, hasn't done all that much at the plate this year. He hits the ball hard, but he gets out when he when he hits it. So um, I, I feel like his stock is probably down as well. So when you're talking about trading these guys, I mean, you're trading them when their value is not very high, when they're at the lowest. And I mentioned this before, never good business to trade or get rid of things when they're not worth as much. You trade them when they're up here. And perhaps Mo missed that window this offseason when he didn't move any of them. But we'll find out. Uh, speaking of O'Neill and Flaherty, we, we got some good news about them injury-wise. I'll share with you. Uh, what's going on with them next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals back home again tonight against the Astros. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Jack Flaherty was scratched from his start in London due to tightness in his right hip. And that got all of us going, oh boy, oh boy. Not more injuries for Jack Flaherty, okay? We, we don't need that. Flaherty healthy, good. Flaherty unhealthy, bad in a lot of ways, because not only can he not pitch for you, but you can't trade him for anything either when he's hurt. But 
Good news. Got cleared to resume normal pitching duties. He is scheduled to start on Saturday against the Yankees. Ryan Helsley, as I mentioned earlier, still not throwing. Uh, he was hoping to get the okay from his doctor to resume baseball activities this past week, but he anticipates his return is still weeks away. Said the injury that he sustained on June 11th while playing catch before a game against the Reds was the same injury that he suffered back in 2018. This time around, he's going to try a different approach, saying, I think in 18, I tried to rush back too quick and dealt with it for two and a half months, you know, and ultimately made one start and got shut down the rest of the year. I decided this time it was more important to come back healthy, you know, whatever point that is during the season, instead of trying to throw in a week and maybe get shut down again and have to restart the process all over again. Helsley anticipates needing two to three weeks of a buildup, followed by a rehab assignment before he's able to return. Now, if that's the case, if he is that far down the road still from even sniffing the, the Cardinals bullpen, I wouldn't expect Jordan Hicks to be going anywhere at the trade deadline, barring some sort of crazy trade proposal where, you know, somebody offers, as I've said before, a King's ransom for him, especially if the Cardinals are continuing to trend in the right direction like they have in the last week. I don't see Hicks going anywhere. In fact, I, I would imagine that the, my guess is the, the Cardinals will start talking to him about a new contract at some point. Maybe it doesn't get done till the offseason, but I just cannot fathom them letting Jordan Hicks walk when they've got so many issues in the bullpen already. I just cannot fathom them letting him walk and not getting anything in return. And I just don't see them trading him. I just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And finally, good news about Tyler O'Neill. Bro Neal's back. His injury that's been bothering him, kept him out since the beginning of May. The dude's been gone for almost two months now. Good news is he's finally resumed baseball activities and hopes to go on a rehab assignment uh, the week of July 3rd, according to reports. Uh, here's a quote from him. Physically, I just feel a lot better just not having that everyday activity pain, you know, after baseball activity and swinging and feeling good again. So, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now. That's great news. That's great news. But it does make you wonder what's going to happen if and when he does return. Like, where does he play? Holly seems pretty committed to Tommy Edmond in center field, likes him in center field, has done a very good job out there. Carlson and Newt at the corners, Edmund in center, hasn't been too bad. When O'Neill or if O'Neill comes back, would Carlson ride the pine again? Would he only go up against lefties since that's who he hits better? Would Tommy come back to the infield more and start playing shortstop? He's playing shortstop tonight. Does O'Neill or Carlson get traded for pitching at the trade deadline instead? I mean, there's a lot of options, a lot of ways this could go. But he's got to get healthy first, and it's good to hear that he's on the right track for uh, returning to the to the team soon. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast for tonight's game against the Astros with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals.